Welcome to Beyond the Staff Room, the show that breaks down the philosophies of education. All right, Zach, we're doing it. Here it is. It is the day after the day, and we are here to talk about a thing you started. Isn't this crazy? It is crazy because, uh, yeah, it's like you said, um, I started it, but I didn't have this huge plan going in except uh, to, you know, introduce the kids to um, Twitter and maybe making some positive comments. And it's really, you know, blown up, which is really exciting. So can you do, so can you do a little bit of the origin story? So we're talking about what is now hashtag one tweet, but uh, sort of, can you walk us through a little bit of how, how it began and, and what happened? Sure. Well, so I teach grade five and six and I have the kids for two years. And early on, I try to get them to learn how to communicate with one another, but also online, because obviously that's not going anywhere. And their world is going to be more and more communication online as we move forward. And obviously, um, the current events uh, around Donald Trump and Twitter were hard to miss. And it's actually quite an amazing story and it's going to be in our history books and um, it's going to evolve even in the next few days. And I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to teach them the exact opposite of what we just saw uh, the United States president do. So I said, you know, guys, um, the president was recently banned and they, they found that fascinating because it's an amazing story when you really think about it. And I go, well, there's a void now because his voice isn't there. I'm like, what if instead of his tweets, um, you had the opportunity to, to sort of fill that, but instead of being negative, like he is, and like a lot of people are, um, let's try to think of something positive to say. And I go, now picture if you had the, the eyes of the entire world, which Donald Trump pretty much had with his 88 million followers. And then everyone else that <clears throat> took a look at it, even if they weren't following them or when it was broadcast on the news said, you have one tweet and you could speak to the entire world, what would you say? Um, and I, I really focused on, you know, here are the negative things that have been said. So let's turn this around because they're sort of a, they're, they're the next generation that's going to be speaking in those chat rooms and responding on Twitter. And um, they, they embraced it and just ran with it with your help. Well, I really like the parameters. I thought that was part of the genius of it was that, you know, like from an artist's point of view or that sort of thing, it's it's pretty hard to create when you're told, go create, right? Like, go make a painting. Right. It's pretty challenging to do, but to, to squeeze in those parameters was kind of nice. So the platform of Twitter is nice. The fact that it's uh, topical is good. And then imagining, you know, the whole world is going to read this. So there's a scenario. The whole world is going to read this and you got one shot. You know, what is your one shot going to be? And need to see. I mean, some of them were pulled into sort of the topic of the moment, which is great. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. It makes a lot of sense. Like some of them were pulled in to talk about COVID nineteen, um, and others were able to to pull back and and sort of zero in on what they saw as their most important thing. There's lots of talks about kindness and lots of talk about um, you know the environment. And and one of the things that happened this year with COVID nineteen. Um, and Trump as well, the, then, then dominating the news cycle is that we almost forgot about some of the things. So it was neat to hear these grade fives, what they thought. Yeah, exactly. That surprised me um, as well. And I, I was very happy that they did that. And it's something I, I've done uh, the last few years of my teaching has become 
very intentional not to be intentional. Um, when we first started out, I think we all, you know, really focused on certain lesson plans and made sure we had goals and you scaffolded it just right, which we still have that there, but it's not as obvious sometimes. But one of the things that I know you and I have talked about is leaving things open enough that the students can spread their wings and go in directions that you may not even predict. So I know in year one or two, if I had been teaching, I may have said, okay, let's take Donald Trump's tweets and like say the exact opposite, or let's respond to the uh, rioters at Capitol Hill. Instead, I just said, if you had one, what would you say? And um, yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, we're all talking about COVID and the election, but what a year obviously 2020 was for a number of reasons. And then there's going to be things in the future. So when they started talking about animals and climate change, um, we hadn't brought that up recently. I mean, we're, we're pretty big in current events in my class, but you could tell that was something that was close to their heart. And they're like, we need to reach out. And um, just the general overall kindness theme I thought was pretty fascinating as well, where it wasn't just telling people to stop. It was, you know, kids are looking at how the world is behaving right now and they're saying, this isn't working. You know, this is our future depends on what you guys do. Can we just try to get along a, a little bit? Yeah, exactly. And the, um, it was great to see that, that movement, right. That, that understanding of the, of the bigger scope and it, and like some of these things do, it snowballed for us, right. We, uh, so what, what we did is I popped, I think I popped in accidentally at the spot where you were sort of finishing up this, this project and said, Hey, why don't we publish these tweets? Yep. So I published them on my Twitter account and just as a string. So underneath my account is all these students tweets which by the way since i've done that people have been commenting on the side and saying they like that structure because there's sure. a fear a bit of like um sort of letting stu students loose in social media so this this doesn't it sort of puts it on the teacher in this case or whatever yep. where i am yeah in this case too uh, <laughs> uh so it's under my name anywho so off it went and it took off like a house of fire so lots of lots of folks following it and uh engaging with it um, and and putting it to their students. So, you know, people who have mentioned they're going to bring it to their class next next time they see them is often the teens. Um, you know, hundreds of retweets, hundreds of likes, thousands of views, and um, lots of engagement. In fact, you and I haven't even talked about this yet because it happened while you were talking, but three classes have posted theirs. Awesome. So the day has ended. It's 3.30 here where we are. And so I'm assuming what's happening is the day is ending and the teachers are putting them up. And so we've got a grade nine class. There's probably a grade four class that has put them up. And um, it seems that people are liking, I mean, anything with teaching when you can do authentic publishing is good. But um, I think the focus is good. And what's something you said to me last night that has been rolling around in my head is you were talking about I don't know if you use the word verbal diarrhea, if that's my word. I, but, I, I use that, yeah. Yeah, but there's kids, a lot of the kids who are speaking online are so comfortable now. Went from not comfortable at all to so comfortable. <laughs> They're having a hard time like editing themselves and, and being really thoughtful about and, and intentional about the words they're saying. And an assignment like this kind of allows that. You know, I went into your class today and at the time the impressions was 40,000. It's like 58 something now. So 40,000 and you said it is great. It's like, that's like you're standing in front of two Canadian tire centers. Yeah. And reading your sentence. I mean, and that's real. 
Yeah, it is real. And a, a couple of things that you, you said there I want to hit on. Um, the controlled aspect, I think, is important. And uh, obviously, as <laughs> teachers and um, I'm sure parents are concerned, too, about, you know, releasing students just on the Internet in general, let alone social media. But we, you know, we grew up with, you know, the library and, you know, media li- literacy. But the, the, the controlled social media literacy um, is something I really want to move forward with because it's not going away. And it's uh, the students that I spoke with five years ago and taught about, you know, Facebook and Twitter, um, they're using different platforms right now. It's evolving that quickly. And that's how they communicate all the time. Or they'll say, oh, I'll see you on YouTube. Right. Or it's like, I never communicated with anyone on YouTube. I didn't even know it was a place where you, where you would even do that, but they have conversations there. And just this week where Gap is taken off for the far right. So it's it's out there. It's not going away and it's just going to continue to, to grow. So if we can, just like anything else, scaffold it, hold their hand and, and walk them through that and show them the correct way to use it, um, I think it's an integral part of education. And nothing is as authentic as what we just did because <clears throat> um, – they had been asking me questions for some time about the behavior that's been taking place online. And some of our most historical uh, current events are taking place um, by the minute. And the actual riots started while I was in class with the students. And um, there wasn't a whole lot I, I could say, except for just sort of guide them through what was happening by the moment. But I was saying, I'm getting all of this information right now on social media. And I think going back to what we said in the very beginning, how it all started, um, who knows what, you know, last week would have looked like at the Capitol without the internet. It would have been very different or it would have been organized very differently. But the way it was communicated um, was one thing, but also the way it was broadcast out to the world um, during and then after, I thought was extremely important. So Understanding how to use social media um, is important and also being able to communicate with everybody else because I think the students really had an eye opener when they said that there's a teacher in Kuwait who's interested and someone over you know, north of Thunder Bay and down in Ohio, which means anywhere on the globe, people can read and participate in what we're doing and we can make some connections, which I think is a huge positive of the internet with all the negatives that are taking place being able to reach out and connect with everyone is is huge. Yeah, I've got a strange analogy in my head that's sort of stuck. Is it's almost like all this communication has lifted the fog of war a little bit, right? Like it used to, it was for the longest time that you know you, you get your information late, or when you did get it, um, it would be a couple of sources, and now it's so many sources, and the the pendulum has swung to the other side that we're trying to figure out what to do with that, right? And this is a message we've heard a lot of of managing through it and thinking about um, the machine gun in World War One, uh-huh. right? So the military strategy for thousands of years had always been, you know, get all people together, get them all together. When they're ready, send them over and, and send them towards the enemy and we'll all meet like civilized humans in the middle and fight. Um, and then the machine gun changed everything because that strategy didn't work anymore. Right. And, 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 and amazingly, like, it just completely was no longer relevant at all. And it's like we're going through that with information. Right? That strategy of looking for the unbiased or or 
trying to find that one thing that will feed me, that one tube that will feed me all the information I need is no, it's just simply not going to do it anymore. So instead of hunting for that, we're going to teach people how to see all these different pieces, right? And how, how to and how to communicate themselves within that, right? Um, so uh, I think this is a I think this is a really cool project that boils in a funny way. While looking at things that we don't have boiled down, we are boiling it down um, and looking at just the one thing. Yeah, and to build off of what you were saying, it, it is, it's a bit scary, you know, trying to figure out what the truth is. And, you know, everyone joked sort of like in, about fake news, right? And it's really no longer funny because um, there are a lot of people who believe that uh, the real news is fake news. And you say, we're going to have to figure out how to manage all of these sources and then decipher what's right and what's wrong. What I'm seeing and what I think we've, we saw last week and from some of the extreme sides are that they aren't um, being, they aren't taking it all in. They're going to their tube and they're staying in that tube and they're being fed what they want from that tube. And, um, I'm not exactly sure, you know, we can't, we can't have grade five and six students experience the, some of those tubes that they're going down, but they're going to run across them as they get older and teaching them how to communicate or listen to what's right and wrong is, is, is crucial because I, I'm doing the exact same thing with my, with my father who just recently got on Facebook and I have to explain to him, um, you may not be talking to a real person or this conversation may not be the best to be had online. So, right. um, it's well, the not audience size. generation. Yeah. Right. The audience size, like going back and talking to some of the students about a number of people who saw, who, who, who is able to read that. Like one, it's empowering, right. which is great, but it's also humbling. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's a real number, and it was funny you could watch it tick. As we were sharing my screen, you could watch it tick go up as um, as we were talking, and uh, it's kind of like the whole hokey um, what's the Spider Man phrase, right? With great power comes great responsibility. Right, right. There's <laughs> a little bit of that. Is uh, you know people are reading it, um, and if you always write whatever I love tacos or yeet, which apparently is the word of the day, right, um, and and not putting any thought behind it that. People are reading that too. Well, and that's what was so ridiculous about what Trump did. And I, you know, I, I make it very clear to the students that I don't share my political views with them for obvious reasons, um, and I don't want them to always just listen to the, like try to figure out what Mr. Brain's opinion is. But you know, some of the stuff that I start now saying about Trump is just factual. Like he he did say very negative things. I mean, to the point where. He was kicked off of Twitter, but you talk about with power comes that responsibility. That's what I think was so shocking for everyone. And my kids continue to say, why does he do this? But he, he had incredible power, not just with his position, but with whom he was communicating. And he says things that obviously, whether you want to agree with whatever happened with the election, there's certain things he just says that aren't true. And that's been proven over and over again. But he said it enough times that they actually um, became truth for millions of people, unfortunately. So um, we, we saw what somebody could do with that much power and kind of do it in a, a negative, evil way. 
And so that's why I, I said, well, we got to start doing this, teaching the students how to do, use this platform and anything like it in a positive way. And that I, did. I, it was really cool. I, you I did a great job. I'm excited for the next steps. If someone's listening to this or we're on Twitter and they've connected with me, um, you know, we talk about authentic learning and you brought up, you know, back in the day or sometimes, you know, write a, a letter to your famous, you know, favorite celebrity, your fam- favorite athlete. And that's great. But if it never goes out or ever gets to that person, um, you know, was that authentic at all? Right. I mean, you can kind of imagine, but we, we can all imagine things, but this is out there. So my students are actually excited to try to connect with some of the other grade five and six or older, younger classes and partner up what that looks like. Who knows, but kind of like this assignment, leave it open-ended and see where it goes. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you can email me at beyond the staff room at gmail.com. Um, or I'm on Twitter and so is Zach. So you, I'll link those in the podcast as well. And you can reach out to us. Um, I'll be happy to get involved. The hashtag is one tweet, the number one. That's what we decided to go with. So thank you for that. I'm forgetting who rec- recommended it, but we went with it right away. And um, so classes are starting to put their ideas up. And then I really like the idea of trying to connect them, especially in a time where, I mean, not everybody is doing this, but a great number of classes are online already. So, um, you know, connecting your Zoom to one other Zoom is, is a lot less um, onerous than it was before. So I'd like to, to see some classroom connections there and maybe, uh, maybe I don't know, move this to, to the next stage. We'll see. So if you had to give, so, so I'm a teacher out there, I'm listening to this, and I'm going to go into my class tomorrow, and I'm going to sort of run this lesson. What's the, what's the Cole knows? What's what Cole's notes? What's the step-by-step? They're like things to think about that you lessons learned that when you got through this, that you would tell somebody else to do when they're running this tomorrow. Um, I guess, you know, first take a look at what you've done uh, recently or in your teaching with your students in regards to current events and how you have your conversations go in class. We have a lot of free flowing conversations, um, often revolving around the current events for obvious reasons. Um, a, it, it just makes sense no matter what year it is, but 2020, it was just handed to us. Um, and then from there, having them, you know, you're leading the conversation, but you're presenting them with very open-ended questions so that when it, when you do end up um, kind of leaning into the, um, the, the Twitter conversation or the Donald Trump part, they're ready to, offer up their ideas or thoughts or questions that they have. So we had a large conversation before we wrote anything so that everything was, you know, swirling around in their brain. And I said, okay, now you have all these thoughts and ideas and I can tell you're frustrated. And we had, you know, I had the chat open and a couple of them kind of went down the negative road and, you know, someone said Trump sucks. And I said, you know, guys, I get this. It's an emotional time. But we're kind of at this point because of language like that. Like, it's, it's not helpful. It's a good place to vent, but maybe not now. So let's take what we have and think about something that, you know, you are passionate about that you can actually present to the world. And if you had that one tweet, um, let's take these 280 characters and come up with something that you want people to 
read and learn from, from all parts of the planet. And I gave them a few minutes to kind of brainstorm and write down some ideas. And then they would email me, um, you know, what they did or just submitted on a, a Google form, which I actually created. I created a Google form, which had a couple uh, fun internet questions for them. And we took a survey and their opinion on the internet. And then the last one was the 280 character uh, response, which they typed up on a Google doc. And obviously they didn't all have to be 280 characters, but that was the max for Twitter. So they sent it to me and then kind of you and I sort of, you know, did the teacher editing part just to make sure that it made complete sense. And then uh, said, Hey, we're going to pass these along. So I, I do really appreciate you coming in at that time. You pop in and out all the time, but that was perfect timing. And if you hadn't gotten this ball rolling, I still think it would have been a great lesson, but it sort of would have fizzled out. Now it's, it's going up. Yeah. Excellent. I'm glad. Um, I also uh, talked to a, well, our grade one, two teacher at our school today and spoke with her grade two students. Okay. And they were, they were keen to do it. And one of the adaptations that she's planning on doing for her age is that like what you just described is, is a fairly onerous task for say a grade two child, right. To navigate. Right. Um, so if someone's listening and they're thinking about it for younger age, our, our grade two teacher is going to try using Jamboard. Okay. Um, where they'll have a chance to put their sentences in and then she can sort of on the fly talk about it and edit it and move it. Now the negative of that is that they're going to see each other's in the creation process. And I think at your age, that's not a great idea because they'll probably get pulled down yeah. Yeah. the direction of what somebody else is saying when you'd rather them sort of really create what's important for them. But if you're dealing with, you know, grade one, two students, and you're probably going to have that uh, autonomy problem. So anyway, if, if the teacher's listening and they're thinking about how they want to do this with younger kids, Jamboard's attached to Google Meets if you're using Google Meets. And, uh, and that might be an interesting way of doing it. I'll report how it goes with Catherine. But, uh, yeah, that's yeah. how I would have done it with the younger guys. The, the Google Forum thing, and I, maybe I'm telling you guys something that you already know and do all the time, but I've started to use Google Forms to get responses from students because forms are fun. They like to, you know, they like to, it's like a, it's sort of like a game. And we do, you know, at the same time, we're doing the fruit of the year where they get to vote, you know, banana versus watermelon, right? So they do that kind of stuff and it's not hard, but all of a sudden you mix in there at the end, your mind is all about the internet. Um, you know, the first question was, is the world better off or not with the internet? And so they could voice their opinion. And that the next one was the Twitter one. So it wasn't just a, here is your homework assignment, come up with a 280 character, you know, uh, tweet. Um, it was, it was woven into something that really didn't look like or feel like your traditional assignment. Excellent. All right, Zach. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And thanks for everything again that you did. All right.